This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Nicholas O'Dell, Dr. O'Dell. Dr. O'Dell is the Chief Medical Officer at the Murphy, the Murray Calloway County Hospital. Uh, it, it, Dr. O'Dell, thank you so much for joining us, and excuse me for my speech, but take a moment and tell us about yourself, your career, uh, in serving as Chief Medical Officer at Murray Calloway County Hospital. Yeah, thank you, Scott. It's really a you know, pleasure to be with you today. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm a native of South Carolina, did my undergraduate and medical school at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, married my high school sweetheart before med school, and we have two wonderful children together. Um, after med school, moved to Lexington, Kentucky, and did my internal medicine residency at UK with a focus on primary care. While in residency, I joined the Army National Guard to fulfill a long-held desire to serve in the armed forces, and I've been a part of that organization now for 11 years. After residency, we moved to Murray, Kentucky, in the far western part of the state, and I joined a hospital-owned practice there in 2014 doing sort of a traditional internal medicine, inpatient, outpatient, as well as nursing home rounds and even house calls from time to time. Uh, when I got to town, there were some interesting dynamics locally uh, in the medical staff and medical staff leadership. There was a lot of changes happening at that time with some of the private practice physicians transitioning over to employment while others were sort of holding out against that uh, sort of change. Um, I got involved very early um, with some of the committees on the medical staff. There was a bit of a void because of some of the changes that had happened before I got here. And um, I just sort of fell right into that and started off with some committee you know, membership and then leadership. And over time, um, worked my way up to the chief of the medicine section uh, within you know, the first couple of years of, of coming to town. You know, I really ascribe to the old adage that, you know, if you're going to complain about something, you should probably be, uh, you know, offer a solution or at least be willing to work on finding a solution. And that's really the basis uh, with which I approached my work when I first, uh, you know, came to town and over the past several years. Uh, whenever I encountered a problem, I would try to at least present a solution or, you know, be willing to work on it on, you know, a PI team or something like that to, to find a solution. Uh, 2018, I did a short stint with the Army in the African nation of Djibouti, which is just north of Somalia. And this was a sort of ally building mission through the State Department where I worked on a daily basis in this local hospital there with the local physicians, taking care of the local populace. Um, specifically, worked on process improvement and quality initiatives, which mirrored really closely the things that I was doing back home in Murray. So that was a you know really interesting translational experience for me. It, it really cemented my desire to continue on the path uh, in regards to you know physician leadership. After that experience uh, back home, I continued to take on more and more leadership roles, uh, which ultimately led me to finally have a sit down you know conversation with administration about officially moving into the chief medical officer role, uh, and with that having you know protected time and compensation to work further on the vision for the change that, you know, I was presenting to them that I was seeing for our future. Um, so, you know, I, I get put into that role and, and there I am. I'm excited about the, the next step in my career, in my life, and all these things that I, you know, are expecting to work on and accomplish. And I finally get to my first official day as CMO and my first official meeting. And we sat down to discuss this new thing called COVID and how we were going to deal with it. You know, so obviously um, I had to adjust my expectations and, you know, we spent the next two years with sort of everything up in the air and, you know, all of my initial, you know, wants and desires and projects that I had in mind having to, you know, be balanced with our ongoing response to COVID. 
Uh, and if that wasn't enough of a sort of unexpected, you know, thing for me, uh, in the midst of all that, I was uh, lucky enough to get deployed for five months to Eastern Europe, to Poland and Lithuania for Operation Atlantic Resolve, which I think most people are now familiar with, given the, you know, events in Ukraine for the past seven months. So uh, I get back home from that deployment transition out of my traditional internal medicine practice and uh, sort of became more of a hospitalist and began working on some more hospital-specific metrics and some of the projects because they really focused around the delivery of care in the hospital. And that's what I've been doing now. And we continue to deal with COVID and, and everything else and take it day by day and, you know, respond to the unexpected and, and do the best we can. Thank you. And what a remarkable path and career. I would ask you about the University of South Carolina Gamecocks and those kinds of things, but there's so much more depth there in what you've done that I won't bother you with the sports of the Gamecocks and how they're doing. Talk to us a little <laughs> yeah. bit, Dr. O'Dell. Talk to us about serving in Africa, serving in Eastern Europe. What was that like? What did you learn from that? Any lessons you would share with emerging leaders that come from your service in Africa uh, as well as in Poland and in that area? Yeah, I think, you know, um, Africa was interesting and, and it was completely different from what I did when I was in Eastern Europe. You know, that was a um, that was pre-COVID. Um, it was very much a one-on-one -on -one situation where I was there sort of, you know, embedded with the, the local physicians and, you know, we would work on process improvement and quality, quality initiatives you know, in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you know, we had time, we would just go make rounds and you know, we would talk about patients and we would talk about care and, you know, differential diagnosis and, and, and all of these things. And, and it was great. And I think the, the, the willingness, uh, you know, on, on our part to go and, and help and sort of help further the care, but also, you know, me, you know, it was an eye-opening experience for me to sort of see that they were dealing with a lot of the things that we were dealing with back home, you know. Uh, how do we improve diabetes care? How do we improve sepsis care? Um, those types of things. And so even though, you know, the socioeconomic uh, and political environment in that country is completely different from ours, you know, people are still people. And so I think, you know, understanding that part of it and seeing that was uh, was really eye-opening for me and, and helping me to understand that, yeah, you know, improving care across the continuum, whether it's locally or internationally, it's something, you know, I'm passionate about and I want to continue to work on. When I was in Eastern Europe, this is again in the middle of COVID. And so we were dealing with lots of lockdowns, you know, um, dealing with keeping the army sort of, you know, postured and ready to respond to anything while also dealing with COVID protocols. And uh, that was also another great experience of, you know, translational experience where I was able to take things that we were doing back home whether it be testing protocols, masking protocols, isolation protocols, and bring that to the table when we're having these discussions with higher brigades and things of that nature and, and helping to try to navigate that whole situation. Because it was very um, new and different and being sort of deployed to uh, a completely different area and outside of, you know, the, the safety and the comfort of being back home. Uh, it presents a lot of unique challenges, and I think that as leaders, that's one of the things we have to do is be willing to rise to the occasion and say, I don't have all the answers, but I'm here to work on a solution. Um, and so that was kind of the, uh, you know, the experience for me in a nutshell in regards to those. Um, so it was, you know, um, an honor to serve uh, in both of those capacities, and I think um, certainly took away as many, as much knowledge and experience from those as I tried to give. Two questions. Are the Democrats and Republicans in Africa and in Poland nicer to each other, and are they any better at fiscal constraints, or is it the same problems there is here? 
<laughs> well, I think you know every uh, every locality has its own local issues, um, and uh, that's probably as much as I should probably say about that uh, in regards to um, you know the the, the socio political economic conditions in some of those countries. Uh, you know, it's certainly I tell you in both of those situations, I was very happy to get home um, to uh, both my family and you know back home to my community. Phenomenal. And talk about you know. You- we're a little bit post-COVID, but not really, and certainly hospitals are still struggling a great deal. At least we're, we're past the hospitalizations we had in the, in the midst of the, the acute parts of COVID. Talk a little bit about what are you most focused on and excited about currently, Dr. O'Dell? So here in our local area, uh, again, we have had this transition that I think has been uh, sort of slower than a lot of other areas where, you know, hospitalist medicine programs, uh, you know, sort of took over. Um, the, the care of the hospitalized patients, you know, clinic docs stayed in the clinics, the hospitalists took care of all the admissions, and, the, you know, that dichotomy has been existing for a long time in a lot of areas. Here locally, that wasn't really the case, and so, um, but over the past several years, you know, we were able to work with the local practices, the local stakeholders on this vision of, you know, what are the the pros and cons of a hospitalist program? How do we build it to capitalize on the pros and hopefully minimize uh, the cons that come along with, you know, the the fragmentation that inevitably happens in that care system? Uh, And so we spent a lot of time, you know, working on this on the back end with local docs and, you know, different stakeholders. We were able to roll that program out finally in May of this year. And, you know, really it's, it's been successful thus far. Uh, you know, we're we're tracking the data. It's a little slow to get the data back from, you know, all of the uh, different database organizations that we deal with. But the, the initial numbers, they look really good, whether it's readmissions, case mix index, length of stay. And so that's been very positive. And so, you know, we're still kind of in the infancy. We're working out some of the kinks. It's been really positive, but there's still a lot of work to be done on that. And so that's been the majority of my focus, I would say, for the past year uh, or more has been, you know, dealing with that, getting that off the ground. But then, you know, locally, we also, we have this new cancer center coming online uh, within the next year that's going to really help advance and, you know, change cancer care for our local, you know, sort of community here. We, we're a smaller community. We're a smaller community hospital, one of the few independent hospitals left in the state uh, and one of the largest uh, of those independent hospitals. And so, you know, it's really focusing on what are the things that we can do here that we can be the best at. You know, we may be small, but that doesn't mean that we can't be the best at the things that we do. So, um, you know, whether it's growing service lines, adding to the medical staff, things of that nature, those those would be the things that I'm most excited about uh, and spend the majority of my time focused on. Hey, let me ask you a question about the hospitals program in a small community in a world of physician shortages. Is it, is it something that everybody embraces at this point just because there's so much shortages of physicians that thrill us some hospitals around. What's the perception or the, or the perspective on that? Because I would think that in a time of tremendous physician shortages, if you can find hospitalists, what a great thing to have. Yeah, I mean, that's a sort of two-edged sword, I would say, right? Because we do have a physician shortage, particularly locally. So, you know, the more availability our outpatient physicians have, the, the more easily they can get their, their patient base in to see them when they have a need and hopefully prevent that hospitalization from, from ever coming to be needed. Um, but on the other side of that, having a doc that's in the hospital all day long or whether it's an advanced practice provider at night or other parts of the day, um, patients sort of see that, that availability and that visibility and they, and they appreciate that. And so I think, you know, some community members have been a bit hesitant about the idea of 
sort of that I'm going to the hospital, but I'm not going to see my doctor. Um, but over time, I think for the vast majority of the people that we've interacted with, they've seen the benefit both as they've been able to get in and out to see their community physician, but then also when they do end up in the hospital, you know, they're, they're getting care in a very uh, timely and efficient manner. You know, we're, we're not spending, you know, nights or middle of the day, not moving the care continuum along. We're, we're, we're moving that episode of care along at all times to help get them better and ultimately get them back home where they're going to be, you know, most comfortable. Smaller community, the the attraction for value-based care versus fee-for-service, what does that look like? So for us, we do still operate uh, as, as a hospital in the fee-for-service realm. Um, that doesn't mean that we certainly don't have a value proposition, you know, whether it be looking at metrics that deal with value-based purchasing. Here in the state of Kentucky, we have something called the HRIP program, which is a, a quality initiative that deals with our Medicaid admissions um, that really aligns closely with most of the, the Medicare uh, core measures and, and, and things of that nature. So we, we, do, we do look at value. We look at efficiency. Um, we certainly want to be good stewards of all the resources. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we are still fee-for-service. There's been a very uh, sort of small, I would say, penetration of, you know, sort of that full uh, value-based organization where you're looking at accountable care organizations or at-risk models. We don't have much of that here. Uh, there have been some attempts to do that um, thus far, but, you know, those are still sort of in the infancy, and, you know, time will tell what happens on that. I think um, the other thing we deal a lot with is the, you know, Medicare managed care, um, and I would say that dealing with um, the managed Medicare pa patient population um, is as close to uh, large-scale at-risk modeling as you get. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Dr. Odell, one last question. Anything else you'd like to share with our audience today? Anything else you'd like to share with, with, our, with our audience? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I think, you know, from, from where I'm sitting, um, you know, I'm still in the early stage, what I would consider the early stages of my career. Uh, and so, you know, looking out to other physicians, uh, other physicians that I talk to that are sort of, you know, making that those first steps into that that leadership position or on that leadership journey. I think um, you know the most important thing you can do is to earn the trust and respect of your colleagues in your work community, whether that's you know the hospital that you're dealing with, a clinic-based operation. You know, people people need to see that you're here for the right reasons, and that you know the the reason you're you're doing what you're doing or the, the decisions that you're making, it's for the betterment of the patient, it's for the betterment of the community. Um, and so I think that's the first step. You know, and then, you know, for newer physicians who might be listening to this and wondering, do I, you know, do I want to tip my, you know, dip my toe into the water of a physician leadership, you know, position, the best thing to do is look at the committees, you know, whether that be in your clinic or on your medical staff at the hospital and get involved with those committees and, you know, sort of see, number one, is this something I want to do? Am I okay having tough conversations with colleagues that might not be, you know, sort of meeting the standard. And if you do that committee work and you decide that, you know, you want to continue and move into more advanced leadership positions and that you're willing to take on more responsibility, um, you know, be willing to state the value of your time and, and your vision to those administrators in your hospital or in your clinic. Um, early on, you're going to be on a voluntary basis while you're sort of cutting your teeth and, um, you know, sort of learning the ropes and figuring out if it's for you and, you know, if, if, if they want you in that in that position. But at some point, you really need to uh, be able to share your vision for the future, how you plan to make that vision come true, and then how you need to be compensated, whether that's in time that's protected or, you know, monetarily um, in order to let that happen. And, and at that point, 
It's just about sort of delivering results and, and going from there. So that would be kind of my advice to any, uh, you know, sort of early career physicians that are looking at, hey, what can I do to sort of evaluate if this is something that's interesting to me or that I might be good at? Dr. O'Dell, I want to thank you for joining us. Just phenomenal. Literally, what an amazing career, uh, amazing deployments, amazing career, great leadership. Uh, yeah, I'll cheer for the Gamecocks this weekend. Thank you so much that. for joining us. No, thank right. you so much for joining us. What a pleasure, Dr. O'Dell. Thank phenomenal. you so much, Scott. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you.